the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on at the Flint Institute of Music in a, uh, uh, well, I, I like to think of it as a post-pandemic uh, world. And uh, here to talk about that is... Um, the Flint Institute of Music's Vice President of Artistic and Communica- uh, Community Programs, Lenora Inez Brown. Lenora, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thank you for um, inviting me. And we're also expecting to hear from Anne-Marie Van Dyne, and uh, hopefully she'll she'll call in and join us uh, shortly. In any event, let's... Um, Let's talk about some of the things that are coming up. In fact, I saw you uh, on on TV over the weekend talking about some of these things. Uh, the September Spectacular. And, and yes. you're calling it a rebrand launch and 22-23 season kickoff. What do you mean when you say rebrand launch? Well, uh, some of you, are, your listeners may know that uh, we recently... Uh, acquired and merged with the Whiting Auditorium and the Capitol uh, Theater, the Flint Institute of Music, that is. And so that allowed us to um, re-examine how we are positioned here on the campus and in the the city. And we have reorganized our entire structure, uh, so much so that they created a whole new division called Artistic and Community Programs, which I and the vice president of. So this is a new position. I'm new to the to the area uh, and to the organization. And when we did all of that reorganization, we said, well, let's look at how we position ourselves, how we uh, are known throughout the area. And so we took the opportunity to emphasize that we are a center for all of the performing arts, not just music and the symphony, the theater, dance, um, any sort of spectacle that might take a place on the stage that combines music, theater, and dance, and of course the Broadway series from the Whiting films uh, and all styles of music. And so that allowed us to say, well, then let's let's consider a new name. And so now we are FIM, Flint, Institute of Music, FIM, Flint Symphony Orchestra, FIM, Flint Repertory Theater, FIM Whiting, and the FIM Capital Theater. And so it's it's really, really very exciting uh, because my job is to make sure that there's continuity and connection between and among all of those stages. 
So very exciting. Well, and speaking of connection, I was hoping we'd hear from her, and she just uh, joins us now. The um, FIM Fantastic. Vice President of External Relations, Anne-Marie Van Dyne. Anne-Marie, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Good morning. Pleasure um, to be here. And and it's great to have you both. Um, and this is this is important because it's it's almost as if the whole world has has just woken up from a hibernation. And <laughs> so this is kind of a good time to be reintroducing the Flynn Institute of uh, of Music and all of its assets to the community. Um, how difficult was it? Anne-Marie, why don't you, why don't you take this one because we're just getting you connected in with us. Um, how difficult was it trying to keep programming going during the pandemic? Well, it was challenging. I'm sure everybody experienced the pandemic in their own personal way, but from an organizational standpoint, from the very beginning, the the rules at hand were no gatherings, right? So that significantly changes an organizational mission that is intended to gather people together, to be in community, to celebrate what that means to be together and enjoy live performing arts. So it fundamentally altered everything that we normally did. It was an opportunity. We pivoted to a lot of virtual programming, some of which has still um, uh a part of what we're doing and sure Lenora can talk more about it but uh, it, it did give us an opportunity as well we were looking at the going through the due diligence process and really evaluating whether or not we felt confident that we could create a stronger organization that to greater community benefit if we took on the Whiting Auditorium and Capitol Theater and so it did, it was an opportunity to really evaluate that while we were, for all intents and purposes, shut down. So there, there was a silver lining. Uh, Lenora's here. She's a huge silver lining. I think that, again, the position is uh, really a mi- marks the milestone of what we've um, become as a new organization, as she just talked about her her role in terms of integrating everything that we do and looking at it very holistically is, is just so exciting and i i think the the ultimate goal is to be more and better for all of flint so that is uh, i think lenora was talking about our our new naming hierarchy which is i think symbolic of being all together but you will see a new brand launch this week, which we're very excited about, and that will be extended through, you know, it, it's not just the visual identity. It's really, I think, the driving force behind what we do, why we exist, and that we, we want to send clear messages to the community that um, yeah, live performing arts are back, and it, it's all about community, and we can't wait for you to join us this fall, all through the season. Lenora, um you know, part of uh, the FIM is um, a, a teaching facility, and and then there are parts of it that are performance uh, activities. Was it uh, possible to keep those things going in a Zoom world? Yes, I think um, 
it it was it was never the same. Obviously, we've all heard about uh, what has happened both in schools, uh, in theaters na nationwide, uh, and in community arts programs like the uh, Flint School of the Performing Arts. But but you also learn a lot, right? You you learn first of all that you have a very wide reach. Uh, Many institutions across the country, and this is no different, discovered that there are individuals who uh, lived outside of our normal uh, footprint and wanted to participate in our programs. Uh, we were able to do that not only with the school, but with the orchestra, which uh, programs were streamed. Uh, we have our troubadours, which is um, uh, it, 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 it has its roots in the Flint Symphony Orchestra, but now it's its own freestanding group. And it's a quartet of musicians who goes into schools and senior centers and uh, combines storytelling with music. Our program was recorded last year, I believe the year before, and we will be recording this year's as well. And it allows us to extend well beyond Genesee County. And so what you learn, I think, through the online access to various academic programs or uh, musical programs is that you can inspire people as to how to best learn and appreciate. That doesn't go away. Certainly what, what has changed is the ability to feel the connection with people in the same space, but the idea of uh, growing your talent, uh, continuing to um, learn about the arts and feel inspired and engaged, uh, that, that did not go away. It just changed how we experienced it, and now moving into the season, we'll have a little bit of that and a lot more live and in person. So that's exciting. Lenora, how long have you been with uh, FIM, and, and how did you get connected to it, and where, where did you come from? Sure. Well, I've been uh, with FIM since uh, March 21st. That was my first day. Uh, so I'm just getting ready to hit my six-month mark. We're just past it. Uh, and I'm from outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so, uh, yes, I know. I'm from Ohio. It's, it was a huge <laughs> thing. You have to cross the Michigan border. You have to, you have to clear the custom and security. I know. I had to leave all of my red clothes and my gray clothes. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I think, I think the balance Well, you were issued cool. blue and gold at the border, though, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we welcomed her with open arms. Of course. Yes, yes. yes. And, um, you know, friends from high school actually went to the University of Michigan, so, you know, there you go. Um, but I was, I was working in Cleveland. I have an extensive background in theater, specifically new play development, a uh, degree from uh, the Yale School of Drama. Well, actually, it's now called the David Geffen School of Drama at Yale, but uh, when I went there, it was the Yale School of Drama, and it's in dramaturgy and dramatic criticism, uh, and worked on many, many new new plays, both for adults uh, and for uh, young people. I uh, worked in theater for youth when I was teaching at DePaul, and even before then, um, would would regularly go to the new play workshops for young people, um, or plays for young people, excuse me, at the Kennedy Center, New Visions, New Voices which is just a, a great, great, wonderful place to go and have 
uh, plays developed, uh, and then returned back to Cleveland because my parents were ailing, um, and uh, went back and got an MBA, and all of that puts you in line for a position such as this. And so this um, was a great uh, surprise and a great uh, joy to find because it actually allows me to combine so many of my past experiences and my loves, which is art and theater, um, education, uh, arts education, and community engagement, all of which have been critical roles I've played in various organizations across the country. And so to be able to um, inspire a whole staff of people interested in each of those or all of those areas is is really one of those once-in-a-lifetime kinds of positions. So when the corporate recruiter reached out, I I decided to throw my hat in the ring, and we are here now, and that is very exciting indeed. Well, and it sounds like, uh, you know, hearing Anne-Marie talk, that, that people are very glad to have you here. Well, that is lovely, and I'm very, very glad to be here, I have to say. Anne-Marie, how is the uh, community reacting to the the resurgence of, of performance? Well, I think it's a little mixed, Tom. I think, you know, we are a very large organization, and we touch every segment of our community through our programming, as Lenora has just mentioned, from our School of Performing Arts uh, numbers, our are just going off the cliff in in a in a very good way and that's exciting to see students returning to the studios and to the ensemble performances that is uh, just that's a huge welcome return for for everybody and it's so great to have life back in this building in that regard I would say that our performances it really depends on the demographic of the audience we have had many sold out um, shows just even in the last year, but we have uh, had others where we know and we hear from our most loyal base that uh, they're they're not ready yet. So, uh, but we've had very encouraging numbers this year for our early package sales and subscription sales. So we're anticipating a great year, but it has been a real transition, and and I I would say that we you know track our numbers and the data changes with the whatever's happening in the community in terms of overall health concerns. And we, we understand that. It's been a very important thing for us to provide a very safe experience for our patrons since the start of the pandemic. And we've followed all of the safety precautions that were expected of us, and we can, will continue to do so. And, you know, we upgraded, as a lot of organizations did. We put in, you know, state-of-the-art dynamic air filtration in all of our buildings, Whiting Auditorium, the Elgood and Bauer Theaters, here at FIM and the Dort Music Center, and um, even upgraded the Capitol, even though it had been recently renovated in 2017. We still did some upgrades there. So we've made uh, changes that will have long-term benefits, and we're ready. You know, we, we think the community's ready as well. Anne-Marie, I have to jump in here and take a short break. Can, can you and, and Lenora, can you uh, both stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Because there's lots going Absolutely. on. We'd love to. Okay. Thank you, Tom. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break, and we'll be right Hello, back. Darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Sterling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about uh, FIMS September Spectacular, and I'm learning to use the phrase FIM from uh, FIM VP of External Relations, Anne-Marie Van Dyne, and FIM VP of Artistic and Community Programs, Lenora Inez Brown, who are my guests this hour. And uh, thank you both. Welcome back, and uh, thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no, that was quite fine. That was quite fine. It's a great pleasure <laughs> to be here. Um, let's let's talk about, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the difficulty that um, lots of entertainment venues, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, theaters or concert venues, um, you know, performance venues of, of all kinds, and, and educational programs like you have at the Flint Institute of Music, um, it's getting people in, in this post-pandemic world to start getting out again is, is taking a little bit, bit of time. It was like all of a sudden everything was shut down, but now it's taking a while to get back into the groove. How much does programming play a role in that, uh, Lenora? And, and, and Anne-Marie, how do we... Um, how do we decide which which programs are going to work and in what venues? Well, programming plays a a large a large role. Uh, part of um, what we have seen through some national uh, consultants uh, and conferences that uh, we've participated in is that coming back, people want to feel like they will know what they are going to see. They want to feel reassured and they want to feel quite quite comfortable with, with the material. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting because I think we've, we have gone through so much as a country uh, in the last two and a half years that people are, they just kind of want to sit back and say, I, I know what I am seeing and, I, and, I, and it makes me feel good and that is, and that uh, makes me feel reassured and gives me the energy to to face whatever is coming up in uh, the next day. And you know that that really is part of the role of the arts, and that's part of what you're looking for when you're programming is how do you speak to people um, for that time, for what they're going through. Uh, also, how do you help prepare them for what's coming next, what seems to be on the horizon from a societal change perspective? Uh, or just just general societal needs. Um, art is is reflective of of the greater whole. It always is. Now there are many sections and factions thereof, but that's what we are trying to do. And and we try to look at that when we consider what we should program, um, what we can offer, uh, and what would be interesting to the individuals who live in our area. Um, and and not too far far afield. So Genesee County and the abutting counties, which, as you know, as I am new, I'm learning. But that those are the things that we that we think of, and I I think um, they have done a great job of putting together uh, a wonderful season for this coming year. That both it's familiar and comfortable, and pushes us just a little bit into where we need to be for 
for the coming year uh, and all of the excitement that we'll see um, locally and nationally. Anne-Marie, do you want to share some of the uh, some of the events that are coming up? This uh, September spectacular celebration um, really kicks off today and then uh, tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow. Yeah, it tomorrow. kicks off tomorrow and runs through the 1st of October. But what are some of the things that we can expect and should people, uh, you know, start planning and making reservations and so on now? Or will it? do you think most of these things will be pretty accessible? I think everything at this point is very accessible. And we have just, for instance, starting tomorrow night, it's come one, come all. We invite the entire community to Dort Music Center, J. Dallas Dort Music Center, on Kersley Street on the Flint Cultural Center campus for a family fun open house and scavenger hunt. The faculty of the Flint School of Performing Arts have put together a wonderful event. We have a lot of volunteers here um, helping to make it a really easy, delightful for uh, our, the families who've been with us for years, as well as people who've never been in the building before. And there'll be goodies and treats out on the front lawn of uh, the Dort Music Center, including the Huntington Bank ice cream truck. And I think there might be some Kogel's hot dogs in the mix. And one of the things that is happening throughout the evening is actually a presentation of an award-winning documentary, The Year of Haydn. And it's one of those wonderful combinations that of, uh, of the fun and the party and, and showing people and showing the community what, what we have to offer. So this was a documentary that was one of those COVID silver linings, the world-famous Dover Quartet mentored the students who are part of the our Dort Honor String Quartet for the course of a year. And that was put into a documentary film that will be screening in MacArthur Recital Hall all tomorrow evening. You can enjoy the entire scavenger hunt and still ch check out the screening in MacArthur. But it's won two international film documentary awards, and we're, we're very proud of it. And again, if we hadn't actually had the experience of having to really be creative and innovative during the pandemic, this, this would have never happened. So that is a great way to start the celebration. And then we really have things planned throughout all of our venues with all of our programming for the entire month. So the next um, coming really right away, Sunday, this Sunday at Whiting Auditorium, there's a fantastic concert blues festival uh, kicking off there. Tickets available by just going to the Calling the Ticket Center or uh, tickets.thefem.org. And then we're going to follow that. Uh, the next weekend is Bikes to the Bricks, as many people know. And we're um, celebrating along with our, our community's bikers. And we're going to have an open house all day at the Capitol Free. It'll be a nice respite for anybody who's out for Bikes to the Bricks. We'll have concessions open, restrooms open, self-guided tours. If you've never stood on the stage of the Capitol and looked out at the amazing uh, view from the stage, you have an opportunity to do that. And the following Friday, our movies at the Capitol are um, featuring Cars 2, so a great family-friendly movie. And then I'm sure uh, Lenora would love to speak more about it because we we have the opening of the Flint Repertory Theater season on September 23, the Friday evening. Uh, they are in residence at the Elgood Theater on our campus at the Cultural Center. 
and we are uh, they are producing Death of a Salesman. It's going to be fabulous, and I, I know Lenore would love to follow up with more. The next day, we, we really swing that the other way. This is the most family-friendly, literally all-ages event. We are presenting the Gazillion Bubble Show at Whiting Auditorium, two shows, 2 p.m. and 7 p.m., and in between, on the Durant Plaza, right outside of Whiting Auditorium, there's going to be fun set up for families after the first showing and before the second show. And then we close uh, <laughs> the entire celebration on October 1 with a, a concert and a post-party or after-party, both of which are sort of double the community benefit. The BCO Flint Symphony Orchestra tribute to Ella Fitzgerald is featuring jazz vocalist Patty Austin, and all the tickets sold to that help benefit the BCO scholarship program. And the following after party is a fundraiser to help us establish a new program at FIM, which is called Kids Ticks. We have um, the hope and anticipation that families will be able to enjoy free and low-cost tickets through this fund, and we're kicking it off. We thought it was a great way to celebrate our brand launch and a great way to uh, close off the month of parties and, and events. Well, a couple things uh, got my attention right away. The Blues Fest uh, coming up on September 4th, which is, uh, what, this uh, this coming Sunday at 7.30 yes. at, the, at the Whiting Auditorium. And I am a huge fan of, uh, of blues music. Um, it, it, who's, uh, who are the performers? Well, we've got Calvin Richardson. He's a Grammy Award-winning uh, singer and songwriter. Uh, we have um, Willie Clayton, uh, who was very active in the 70s, and he had a 40-year, uh, his career has so far spanned 40 years. So he sings R&B, soul, and gospel. I mean, what, what could be better? We have Lenny Williams, who is more of a soul crooner, for those of you who like the smooth sound of blues. Uh, he's going to have... Then they're going to round it out with Shirley Murdoch, uh, who's uh, really well known for her 1986 hit, As We Lay. So we've got the men of the blues and a woman of the blues, and it's just going to be a wonderful event here at the Whiting Auditorium. Uh, so you can still get your Labor Day barbecue and come in at 7.30 and relax and hear some fabulous music and then you still get Monday to, to kind of make sure that you uh, celebrate the end of summer in the best way possible, which you can kick off here. Yeah, the, you know, there's a great quote from B.B. Uh, King about the blues. He said, the blues isn't about feeling bad, it's about feeling better. <laughs> who, who is going to argue with B.B. King? That's Are what, you know? of course. Um <laughs> But oh, yeah, that crazy. sounds that sounds like a great lineup. That's a lot of music for a single yes. show. Um, but uh, tell me some more about Death of a Salesman. Well, that seems uh, almost a, a little heady for for an opener, <laughs> but it is. And let's just let's let's be let's be frank. Uh, COVID has impacted a lot of things, as we spoke about earlier. And some of those were uh, our productions. You know, like everyone, we had to closed the ranks and shut down. And so with theater and the performing arts, you can't always just open up the next 
whenever you're allowed to open up, uh, you know, when they changed all the rules. You have actors and performers and designers who have schedules. Um, you have a union that uh, may not have been ready to support any of the changes that we all had to follow uh, and in some cases still have to follow relative to, to health and the like. And so some of the performances were delayed. And so this season is, it's not just a we're all together now, but we're all back and we're ready and we're open. And so we have a lot of our pieces uh, for the Flint uh, uh, Repertory Theater uh, that um, we had to put on hold. But it's, it's, got, it's totally been worth it because this show is, yes, it's a heady show, but it is by the very famous and very well-respected uh, Arthur Miller. Uh, it won a Pulitzer Prize uh, in '49 when it premiered. It won uh, Best Play uh, on Broadway. And uh, so it had a Tony Award, and our cast features Tony, a two-time Tony Award nominee actor, Louis J. Stodlin. Uh, he has been in uh, film, and he's been on television. He, well, a lot of people might know him, Tom, um, as the character uh, Ira Freed from The Sopranos. Uh, so that will be, I think, great for, for many people to come out and see him alongside a number of great Michigan act actors and a number of other actors from, from all over the country. That's the one great advantage that we have uh, with the Flint Repertory Theater. We are able to produce shows here. We're able to take advantage of all of the talent that, that is here, and we are able to, to show that talent to the world by bringing in designers uh, as costume designers, set designers, lighting designers, sound designers, uh, as well as actors from other parts of the country and directors. And then they see the great gifts that we have here, and it just it does nothing but build up FIM, Flint Repertory Theater, as well as Flint, Genesee County, and Michigan. So we're really excited. It's, it's a classic American play about fathers and sons, as well as just sort of, you know, finding your voice. I mean, I think people, people are rightfully focused on Willie Loman, one of the greatest characters ever written for the American stage. Um, but then you've got the rest of the family. You have his wife, Linda, and his sons, Biff and Happy. And everyone is learning how to adjust and be who they should be in this new world, in this post-world, it was post-World War II world. Um, when, when Miller was writing it, what we were coming that uh, right out of um, McCarthyism and, and all of the Red Scares uh, and into a, a more firm uh, vision of the Cold War, it's true. But we, as Americans, had to reconsider how do we function in the world. We are leaders. We were, you know, we, we helped win the war, the Second World War. So where, where do we fit and where does everybody fit? And what are these new roles uh, and what are the advantages and the opportunities that we have? And here we are, coming out of a pandemic, and everyone is trying to figure out, you know, how do we do what we do uh, in this new environment, in this new world where um, we, we've all gone through quite a lot, from shutting down to maybe seeing uh, friends and family get very ill or pass away, and, it, and you just kind of figure, say to yourself, how do we keep moving forward? How do we come back? How are we better than we were in the past? And 
And that's what this play is about. That, that's what a lot of this season is about, whether you're looking at the Fim Flint Repertory Theater or you're looking at the Whiting Stage. So it's an exciting way of looking at what's possible and reimagining who we are and coming out, you know, of this cocoon that we've been in for two and a half years and, and showing ourselves to be these, these great butterflies and, and, a, and a really, really strong uh, community. So I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. Yes, it's an old-fashioned play, and, and so... Um, yeah, but, you, but what's we interesting... We may not be used to that, but we're going to get through it all together. I know we will, because we're going to enjoy every minute of it. This it's a is, classic for a reason. This is going to be an interesting uh, performance of Death of a Salesman, even if you've seen the show before, even if you've seen it on Broadway. It's going to be a de- very different presentation on the Elgood stage. I mean, the Elgood is a wonderful, intimate theater. There's about 113 seats that are available. Uh, so you're never more than about 20 feet from an actor. You can see more. You can hear really well. Uh, and you can feel the emotion. So when we talk about, you know, with the Whiting, that it's better live, it's because you get to experience experience all of those emotions that your neighbor is having, the person sitting next to you in the audience, and the, the actor or actors on stage. And honestly, uh, although we have, and Anne-Marie's done a really good job of setting a, a price for that, you really can't put a price on that opportunity uh, to, to be well, that up close and personal. I mean, it's, 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 it's why a lot of us do this for a living, um, and it's what keeps society moving forward? Will Flint uh, Rep have some? Will Flint Rep have some presentations that uh, that will be over the Bower as well? So um, not this season, okay. but we're hoping in the next season. Um, there was gotcha. a little bit of uh, rain and water damage over Martin Ooh. Luther King weekend this past year, so there are some repairs that are taking place. And it gives us an opportunity to also reimagine what that space looks like and to make it so that it can better accommodate to today's audiences, today's needs, and today's uh, uh, theatrical and artistic presentations. So we're looking forward to unveiling that to the community. Soon. And what does the, uh, the Flint Symphony's um, schedule look like this season? Uh, it, it, we're still doing our six concerts. We start in October uh, with our uh, concert that features a piano soloist. We then move into uh, November. Uh, you're going to hear members of the Flint Symphony Orchestra play for the Holiday Pops in December. And then we pick up again in February with the um, Finn Flint Symphony Orchestra. We have our Bird Winter con- uh, Concert will be in February this year. And in March, we're going to have uh, one of our uh, cello soloists, um, Hoffman, uh, is going to be playing. And uh, he's a very good friend of Enrique Demex, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch that on stage. And then we close out the season with another uh, piano uh, soloist and, uh, and then a choral presentation of uh, Beethoven's Ninth. And throughout, we will be celebrating Rachmaninoff, uh, as this season marks his the 145th, is that right, Anne-Marie, anniversary of his birth. Um, 150. 
Oh, he's a sesquicentennial. Okay, right, 150. I don't know. I was I was reading too many things. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that it'll be exciting, nevertheless. But but we will have Rachmaninoff featured in about three concerts um, this coming year. So I would say if you enjoy the Flint Symphony Orchestra uh, and symphonic music, uh, you should come. And if you're not sure if you enjoy symphonic music, but you'd like to hear where some of the rhythms and ways of manipulating notes today comes from, come to this season. You will be um, just amazed and enjoy it. And to learn more, you can come to our pre-concert talks, which are, they precede the um, concert, uh, like, so if the concert is at 8, they start at 7. I was going to mention that if you didn't, (laughs) because I, I love those. Oh, great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We And we have some exciting people uh, coming in from all over, uh, not just the Flint area, but all over the state to to um, present in, insights into the music that you're going to hear or simply the, the history of symphonic orchestras, um, you know, how flutes came to be and when they actually joined orchestras. And as a former flute player, I can tell you I cannot wait until that lecture happens. Well, and a lot of people don't realize how, how fortunate we are in Flint to have uh, basically an opera house um, in, the Whiting, right. in the Whiting Auditorium. And that's, that's where a lot of this music was designed to be performed. It was written to be performed in that acoustic environment. And it's, it's really the absolute best way to hear live classical music. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm glad because it is. It's absolutely fantastic. And I agree I with you. I completely agree. I love live theater too, and and we're we're fortunate to have this much going on, and 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 it's great to see it not only expanding but back. I mean, even well, just simply know, Tom, back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, Tom, I can tell you, it's it's more than back. It's back with a bang because the Finn Flint Repertory Theater Company is premiering two plays. We have two world premiere plays this year. In February, we have The Future is Female, uh, which is a comedy. And in March, we have The Magnificent Seven. It is not about uh, cowboys. Uh, it is about our female gymnasts, the first team to win gold at the Olympics. So you're going to hear what it was like uh, as, a, as imagined, anyway, by our artistic team, what it was like for those young ladies to compete, uh, even on broken ankles like Carrie Strug, and then pursue life and career after the Olympics. It's, it's just a fantastic um, exploration of how the arts helps you better understand the soul and the mind of individuals. It, it, it's, just, it's just really, really great. And if you and you know what you don't have to choose to come to an orchestral performance or a Fim Flint repertory theater performance or one of our Broadway series like Anastasia. You don't have to choose to make a subscription and, and just go to one or the other. You can choose your own adventure, and you can pick from the Fim Flint repertory theater. You can have one from the Flint Symphony Orchestra. You can have another from the Broadway series. And we very, only take very a, quickly, a minimum like, of three. Lenora, we have to end it there, but uh, is okay. FIM.org still the website? 
All right. Thank you both, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Tom. Right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Lynn Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMegan. Lynn Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company, and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. 
These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I would like to take you to the opera where you are going to hear a Mozart opera, which is nothing but an opera written by Mozart. <laughs> this is an opera in one act, and it begins when the curtain rises. Otherwise, you couldn't see a thing. <laughs> the stage setting is a kind of a forest. There are two large trees which, of course, indicates the forest. It's a kind of a small forest, but it's a forest. <laughs> First, the tenor comes in. He is supposed to meet his soprano, as they usually call those ladies. <laughs> but she is a little late this particular season, so he hides himself behind one of the trees in order to surprise her when she comes in a little later, which she does. So when she arrives, she can't find him because he is occupied behind one of the trees. <laughs> Is with a knife carving her name into the <laughs> scenery. Now, she doesn't know that he is there, but, uh, well, as a matter of fact, she must know it because she saw it during rehearsals. <laughs> Either she pretends that she doesn't know it or she is just plain stupid. <laughs> now, whatever it is, she gets across the stage somehow and takes place behind the other tree, which, for the occasion, hides her. <laughs> to a certain extent. Now, the chorus comes in, but nobody knows why, except Mozart, and he is dead. <laughs> and that's just too bad. Next, her father comes in, and he is a very old man, primarily because she is a very old soprano. And he is very angry because apparently she is not his daughter. Now, this has nothing to do with the opera. I found that out myself. <laughs> and that's what we call research. <laughs> anyway, he decides that he has had enough of her, so he tells her to die, and that's exactly what she's going to do. And with that, the opera ends, and people can go home. Now I take you to the opera house where you hear the conductor's footsteps when he enters the orchestra pit. Here he comes. Yeah, he walks sideways. <laughs> and this is the overture. This, ladies and gentlemen, was the first part of the overture. 
Now you hear the second part, and that's exactly the same. <laughs> Bloop is an extra bloop. We have in case we shoot one shot of bloops. But that has never happened, so we have a lot of bloops left over. Now the curtain rises and the tenor arrives. He's a little tall fellow, he comes in. He comes in from the left in a single file. He goes behind the tree right away. <laughs> now the leading lady arrives. She is supposed to fill the part of the soprano. Now she not only fills it, she overflows it a little bit. <laughs> He's a big husk, a big, uh, um, he's a big soprano, that's what she is. She's what we call a messy soprano. She comes in in a single pile. She also arrives backwards, but nobody notices the difference. She goes behind the other tree. She can hardly wait because. Uh, see, she is. She supposedly hasn't. She hasn't met him for a long time, so she is just. She's anxious. Now is the time for the chorus. And the light is dimmed, so you can hardly see these people when they arrive, and that's why they're dressed in a kind of cheap underwear. <laughs> because there is no reason to spend a lot of money for costumes when you can't see them. Right? And that's the way the, way the management of this theater feels about it, and that's the way it's gonna be. <laughs> Here they come. Bread and butter. <laughs> now they're all in, and they fool around in the dark for a little while. This is a mixed chorus. <laughs> Bread and butter. Now they're out, they get the money and go home. Next, a baritone comes in and sings, Torre ador, Torre ador. But he finds out that he's in the wrong opera. <laughs> now, the father comes in, the old man, and he is the basso. Oh, <laughs> 
almost now told her what he had to say and she understands him quite well so now she prepares herself to die but before she dies she sings an aria the so-called die aria <laughs> She seems very happy about it. She dies by stabbing herself between the two big trees. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program on this uh, final week of uh, Tom Sumner Program broadcasts, ending uh, Friday with um, music, musical guests from over the years. It's going to be an all-music show. I get to be DJ on my last day. And uh, we're going to have phone lines open. I don't know if we'll get any calls, but... That's the plan, anyway, for the uh, for the final day. But uh, coming up tomorrow, it's armchair politics, and uh, should be uh, should be a good one. Want to say thanks to all the guests that were on today, talking about FIM or the Flynn Institute of Music with uh, Anne Marie Van Dyne, the uh, uh, VP of External Relations, and Lenora Inez Brown. VP of Artistic and Community Programs. Before that, we talked to uh, author Andy Bomback. He is uh, a doctor and author of the book um, Long Days, Short Years, A Cultural History of Modern Parenting. And we started out this morning with, the, uh, with Diane Hunter, author of Oh Great, Another Vampire Book. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. To acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, 
find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.